2: From De Guise puts a kick out wide, looking for Shandaro, Earl, and Earls in again. Stopping oh, stop it! It's starting to hurt. Can't rugby, league. rugby league,
1: rugby league. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook podcast. I am your host Tim Williams, uh, smiling from ear to ear at the moment after the release of the round 25 teams, the final round of the NRL SuperCoach season final round of the NRL regular season, uh, looking pretty good, but absolute uh, drama in the teams. We expected it all year, but big restings across a lot of clubs. There are a few silver linings with a few names, uh, popular players named to play this week, particularly the Melbourne Storm, which are a little bit rocks and diamonds from a Supercoach perspective. Here with me to go through all of it, as usual, is the Supercoach Spy, who has gone into about a dollar one to sneak into the top 100 by the end of the season. Spy, how are you, mate? That's encouraging mate.
0: Um yeah, going really well. It was a pretty it was actually a bit of a devastating weekend. I've had a mostly ups this year, but I was in a couple of big head to head leagues and from the moment gag I got sin bin for uh looking in the direction of Tupaneur on the weekend, I, I knew I was in a bit of trouble and a few things didn't go my way. Actually Cherry Evans, I was playing against him, I opted for Cleary over Cherry, uh, which ended up costing me both leagues, mind you. And Cherry took an intercept on the buzzer and put Sam away to score. Uh, it's just one of those weekends where all you could do was laugh despite a little tantrum I had. Uh, back on board now and chasing that top 100, boys. Uh, how good was the footy? It's just still happening.
1: she be a cruel game at times, mate. Uh, that, as you said, that gag has been one of the softest simnings you will ever see in rugby league. They're losing the plot at the moment at times, but... Uh, getting weary, the old rest. We'll give him give the benefit of the doubt. Spy, you're, you're just outside the 100, yeah?
0: Yeah, I dropped 18 spots to 147, but it's not many points. It's about 70 or 80. And looking at what's unfolded this week, I can't wait to hear what Adam's got to say because personally I'm looking at, well, I've actually got about 19 or 20 players. Uh, so I've got some options there uh, with one trade up the sleeve. So hopefully Adam's got good news for me on that front, and I suspect he might.
1: Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, we'd love to finish top one hundred. Uh, that is goals. some yeah. that is some ridiculous numbers you got there, Spy. You'd be people would be salivating hearing twenty numbers in in a Supercoach squad this time of the season. Uh, our next guest is Quantium CEO and Supercoach Weapon Adam Darusi. Ad, tell A, mate?
2: I'm good, mate. I feel like a bit of a fraud when you say Supercoach Weapon the way my side's going. But um, I'm well, mate. I'm well. I'm, I'm probably looking forward to being put out of my misery though with the Bulldogs and my Supercoach side, but. Yeah, looking forward to
1: it, mate. You were lingering around the top one thousand there only a couple of rounds ago. I I gather you, you've hit a bit of a wall.
2: Yeah, mate. I'm just I'm feeling a seventeen each week, but it's with junk like CSC for Talikai and you know I'm sure he's a good bloke. But <laughs> he, is. he he will never be my Super Coach side again. <laughs> uh, I, I just can't watch the bloke play. I I, I just never seen a, a lazier Super Coach player than than that big fella. So um. And, and Clint Gutherson, he got stuck in my side, and I finally traded him out to Pappenhausen. I think they scored about the same, so
1: far. Out. Yeah, just
2: just haven't had anything go right, mate. But that's the way it goes.
1: That's right, mate. Well, this is the, this is the week you need from Big CSC for Talco. He'll play about twenty-five minutes off the bench, demoted to the bench when we all need him to score well. Uh, that's right. He'll bag a double for us and go seventy odd. I reckon. Yeah, uh, the mighty Kuma Stallions. 1,324 points last week. So not too bad, but possibly a little bit below par. Dropped down to 640th overall. 18 players at the moment this week. That's including Sammy Walker, who's been benched, Talakai and TPJ. So not in a bad position at all this week. Um, But again, I dare say that team is going to probably chop and change throughout the week uh, as a few things unfold. The SC playbook overall uh, sorry in-house league little update there we were second last week out of 17,000 leagues we've dropped back to third overall uh, shout out to Matty Ryan who went huge for us top score to keep us in the mixed and uh, in, in the overall I don't think there's a prize as such there but for overall glory hopefully we can chase those last two spots in the final week and I think across the board there's a fair bit of depth in our squad so maybe a little bit of, of sniff there On this week's show, we'll go through the Supercoach relevant team news. Adam stats, which is the big one this week. Must listening on that one. Uh, Adam will reveal to us how many numbers the top-ranked Supercoach sides have this week. Uh, It's going to be pretty grim, I dare say. We'll have a look at a few Hail Mary skipper options for those looking to win grand finals, jump into the top 100,000, 10,000, whatever it might be. Also, we'll have a Pretty decent crack at the vice-captain loophole this week, I dare say. So an important topic there. Uh, We'll look at DCE versus Cleary, both with nice matchups there. Our top spot punting plays, a few trades, and take a few questions on social. Uh, Just quickly, guys, we will be back next week for a season recap podcast. We'll go through the Supercoach Awards, what we learned from the season, reveal our final rankings, all that sort of stuff. Hopefully you're able to tune into that one, but for anyone who doesn't, a big thank you for all your support throughout this Supercoach season. It's been tremendous as usual. Uh, I say this time and time again, but the Supercoach community is a pretty special one. It absolutely rocks. Uh, It's such a positive interaction across socials and the website and all sorts of things. So, A big thank you for that. Uh, And for anyone who doesn't tune in, we're going to be whipping out a survey for SC Playbook in the next week or two to try and get a bit of feedback for the site and the podcast, to try and make it better for you. Uh, So if you can take five minutes to fill that out, it'll result in a better product next season and even for the Big Bash season. Cheers, guys. Let's get stuck into the Supercoach team news of the round. Uh, Big stuff going on at the Roosters, the first of many clubs, the first one being Angus Crichton returning from a three-match suspension. Matt Icavalo returning on the wing. A handful of owners, still people still own him. Lachlan Lamb moves into the halves. Sammy Walker to the bench. Spy, uh, that, that's a bit of a cruel blow for you and myself. Yeah, well, I've got Cleary in now, so I can sit. I feel a bit bad saying this, but I can afford to sit Sammy Walker
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> now he's on the bench. Um, I suspect Robbo's just looking to freshen him up ahead of finals. He probably would have liked to do it last week, except they simply didn't have the cattle to get on the field. They had Lockie Lamb in the centres. So, <clears throat> look, he might not play many minutes. We'll just have to see. Obviously, it's top four is still on the cards, though, if they can get the win. So that's going in the favour of Sammy Walker. But obviously, he'll have an eye on finals and he's had a big season for a small body. So if he could play a limited minutes and freshen up before next week, uh, Robo would love to do that, I'm sure. So you might need the Raiders to turn up and make a game of this one to get seven in the action around halftime.
1: He played, I think it was thirty-eight minutes in his last game off the bench, a few rounds back against the Dragons. I think it's going to be a pretty tight fought contest between the Raiders and the Roosters, particularly with a weakened Roosters outfit. Are you thinking similar again? Made a, a thirty-eight sort of minute stint in that second half?
0: Well, amongst the panic of that Sunday afternoon a few weeks ago, it was he only came on due to an injury. So who knows what would have happened. That, uh, it probably depends on the score. On to be honest, I suspect, without trying to panic anyone, that Robbo would love to play him like zero minutes or 10 minutes if they could get away. But as you said, Raiders will be up for it. Uh, maybe he could play anywhere between 20 and 55 minutes, somewhere in that yeah. bracket. But we really won't know. Honestly, it could be zero if they're going well.
1: Mate, aside for those teams fighting for, you know, genuine chance at top four, which is pretty much Manly's to lose, uh, and the team's genuinely fighting for a top eight spot, and there's a couple in there. The minutes, rotations, all sorts of things this week, it is going to be an absolute lottery, so tough one to predict. At the Sharks, Teague Wilton comes into the starting side. A few owners of Teague there will be happy. It demotes for Talakai to the bench. I won't get Adz's thoughts because he'll walk out of the podcast and we'll be down a man for the rest of it. At the Storm, big the, such an influential team naming there for Supercoach purposes. I won't go through all of it, but of the key Supercoach relevant players, Cam Munster out, Christian Welch, Josh Adokart, Remus Smith, all out. Everyone else is good to go. Nico Hines, massively owned. He's been named at 5'8", alongside Jerome Hughes. Adam... Uh, do you sense more restings? Again, this is going to be speculative, but do you sense potentially more restings at the Storm uh, come, I think, Friday night they play? Or do you think Bellamy sort of just got one eye on on that minor premiership and securing 100 grand for the club?
2: Mate, I would think he's they want to win the game. Like, Bellamy's a pretty competitive guy. Like, I think I feel like they've been resting guys pretty progressively over the last six weeks. So I, th- I think Bellamy's been doing a pretty good job taking care of his side. And I, th- I think some of those blokes need the run, actually. I, like, a guy like Pappenhausen, um, I think he needs to
1: get, find a bit of form, actually. So I, I think I think, um, I think, they'll play. But who yeah. knows? <laughs> like it, mate. And I think a lot of super coaches will be praying he does. At the Eels, Isaiah Papali'i rested. Clint Gutherson, Junior Paulo, Mitch Moses all out. Mass restings there, which is bad news on most fronts. Good news on the front of if you own any Penrith players, they could go bonkers this week. The line there has gone from 10 points yesterday morning to about 26 points to, to show the impact that's had. At the Knights, Jaden Braley, Mitch Barnett, both out. The rest of the side have been named uh, as per program uh, as far as a full-strength side goes. Spy, the Knights are a team who I suspect may have more restings come game day. Again, based on nothing, but I mean... They've got nothing to win or lose out of this game. They may keep their spine intact as they try to get a bit of a game time together. What's your feel?
0: Yeah, their attack hasn't been very good, to be honest, last month. So that that bodes in favour of them all playing. On the other hand, they've worked pretty hard from a defensive sense to get themselves in the position they are. So it wouldn't shock me to see a couple of spells. It's one of them things, do you risk Ponga just for 80 minutes of extra cohesion? I probably wouldn't. I know he was carrying a sternum injury early in the season. Maybe he doesn't play. Uh, but obviously, like any game this weekend, you just got to check that one-hour late mail or 24 hours before as well. Uh, there's a few people on Twitter that look after that because it's just going to be crucial. And even on Sammy Walker before, like he could start on the weekend. We don't know. Yeah. could be a mind game. Rob already said previously that he wants teams guessing about what they're going to do. So it's going to be all about that late mail this weekend, boys. Yeah,
1: anything could happen there, mate. The Bunnies, another massive shake-up. We we tipped this one a couple of weeks ago, but uh, Adam Reynolds rested, Damian Cook, uh, Dane Gagai, Alex Johnston, Latrell Mitchell, obviously out suspended, Cam Murray, Cody Walker, all out in saying that a couple of those guys have been named on the extended bench, but I I feel that's just to make up numbers. The only silver lining to that is Tane Milne comes into the side, which is good news for owners of him, and there are a few out there At the Warriors, Josh Curran comes into the side there. Uh, Had a little bit of a, maybe, shoulder injury last weekend. He's had a few little battles, but they named to go for the Warriors, which is huge, huge news there. Guys, Quantum have jumped on board as a sponsor for the SC Playbook podcast this season. Quantum Australia's premier data science and artificial intelligence company. If you're interested in a career fueled by game-changing analytics, break away from the pack by joining the Quantum team today. Uh, Hit us up for more details on that through our email or socials if you're interested. Now, let's get stuck into the most important topic of the podcast, one of the most important topics of the year. While it might not have any any impact on what you do this week as a side, in terms of interest, it'll be huge. Uh, it is Adam DeRussi's stats, and he's got the numbers surrounding how many available players each Supercoach squad will be carrying this week. What have you got for us, mate? Yeah,
2: well, it is, it is carnage. Um, to be honest, there's just so many numbers in front of me, I'll, I've just got to um, – choose which ones to, to use. <laughs> so why don't we go with say the top thousand teams? Because I suspect a lot of people listening are probably interested in that so, so if you look at the top thousand teams, 76% of them are short. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> and and um, sixty four six well sixty three percent of them are short more than one. So it's kind of, so to give you an idea. There's 2% of those teams have only got 11 players, 4% have got 12 players, 9% have got 13 players. So, yeah, so it's pretty bad. So so for the spy, just especially my few mate did it while we were talking, so if you're coming 147th, <laughs> of the 146 teams in front of you, 70% of them are short. It's outstanding news. And how many are Western? How many have multiple absences? Do you have it there, buddy? Yeah, so 51%. Oh, sorry, sorry, no, no, sorry. Yeah, 51% have at least two out. Wow. So more than yeah. half? Yeah. I actually reckon it's even worse than that as well because there will be some players that, that like some teams that won't be able to have an AE play. Like they'll, they'll, yeah, you'll think they've got 15, but they'll only be able to have 14 because they'll, yeah, they won't have the 5'8 and they won't have a hooker. <clears throat> yeah. Uh,
0: and in that, mate, is, uh, is, is there guys on the extent, on benches like, yeah. You know, no. So you wouldn't generally no. play or haven't looked too far into that at this stage? No,
2: I've, I've called guys like Cody Walker. I've said they're out. So anyone on the extended bench, I've said they're out. Yep. But the guys on the bench, so I've, I've counted Sammy Walker as a player. I've counted Talakai. Like, guys guys are actually named 14, 17, I've counted. Yeah, for sure. And some of those, so, so even some teams that have got 17, like I've got 16, but two of mine are Jackson Torpenay and, and C.C. Talakai. Like, between them, they'll be lucky to be worth one player. Yeah. So so you've got to look and think you're going to be in pretty good shape. The other thing I actually did, which is the first time I've done this, I'm, just, I'm going to have to do the numbers while I'm talking here, but I actually worked out for the top 100 teams, the top 100 teams now, how many trades they made last week just to see basically how many I think they've got left because you think if you had a trade left last week and you were chasing in the top 100, you probably used it. it. Um, so of those top 100 teams, in total they made, oh, that can't be right, I was going to say 14 trades. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, can can way, be, that can be right. So that just shows you most of the top 100 don't have a trade left. Yeah, which makes sense because they've had a crack early, gone hard and probably trying to hold on. Yeah. And I've I've worked it out for the top 10 teams. I've actually gone back and looked at their size over the year. Uh, I'm not going to go into the details just because some of the guys might be listening and it's unfair, but... but Let's just say it's pretty thin on trades for everyone.
1: Yeah, nice. <laughs> you su- Nobody's Supercoach teams are safe from Adam's prowling eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially people who uh, yeah, run the same team under multiple names. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, might, we won't get started on that, will we? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's awesome stuff, mate. Uh, Adam's full article will be out later in the week, and you can have a look at the, the full details there and what might impact you a little bit more as you hunt for the top 100,000, whatever it might be. Uh, I I'll yeah, give you another one. It's in the yeah, top mate. ten,
2: so, right? So for the top ten teams, three of them have got fourteen players, and three of them have got fifteen players. So, wow! So if you're so for the people who are just outside the top ten, who are chasing them, uh, that's that's what they're chasing. So so six of the teams are missing either two or three players.
1: Hmm. It's something, mate, that we've spoken about on the podcast for a long, long time now in terms of this season, but. The changes to the overall rankings this week are just going to be immense, aren't they? Based on the numbers you've just thrown out, yeah, big time. I mean, obviously,
2: and and depending on how your players go, because we all know it's like when you're playing for a bye week and you can have good numbers, and if they don't score any good, it's no good. But if you can have those extra numbers and they can score well, then it could be uh, you could move a, a huge amount.
1: Yeah, it's it's an exciting weekend of Supercoach action. And you also have guys there that you haven't had to rely on throughout the whole year, and they might be low ownership, who come in and you get to ride them for the 20 or 30 minutes that they're on field. It's exciting stuff. Sean Bloor, I can't wait to play Sean Bloor this week. Uh, Spy, anything to add there, mate?
0: Big glory! I'm excited as well. Uh, I was just going to say it's a perfect example of why there's a lot of people probably panicking and going, "Oh, I'm not even going to bother this weekend." But realistically, if you have got 14 or 15, that's that's okay. It's not that bad. It's just it's just a weird, weird season and a weird end to the, uh, the competition. So run with your 15 and see how you can go.
2: I tell yeah. you, what I do feel sorry for the, the team coming second, not wanting to single them out so much, but they've got 14 players, so they've got so yeah, you know, so close to get the second. I mean, I know. Timmy's going to win out in first, but they've they, they got the second with 14 because there's good money for second in there, five grand or whatever, but he's just a sitting duck because he's got 14 and the two blokes behind him have both got um, 18 available. So uh, he's gone. Trump. Yeah.
1: I think that's Barry who's a who's a good good friend of the podcast, will say. He's a, he's a Playbook subscriber. Timmy Moody up tops a, a recent Playbook subscriber as well. So <laughs> hopefully we've been able to have some sort of impact there. Uh, adds, any other thing to add there before I cut you off prematurely again?
2: <laughs> um, no, mate, I think as we go through, I can pull out more stuff if you're interested, but it's, um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of teams short and it's going to
1: make for a very interesting week, I think. Mm, good stuff, mate. Fellas, topic two of the episode, let's get into our, well, initially it was going to be called the Hail Mary Skippers topic because it was sort of thinking if you had to go for a big VC loophole or go aside from Tommy Treboevich, who would you look at to win a grand final if you're down by a mile or you're chasing a top spot or whatever. Uh, but now I think we've got the idea that pretty well every super coach out there, minus the Spy possibly, is going to have pretty close to a free crack at the VC loophole this week. So two cracks at captain. Um, Tommy Turbo is the obvious one again, averaging about 137 or something absurd this season. For starters, spy, I think Tommy Turbo and DCE have got to be pretty huge chance at a rest around the fifty to sixty minute mark. In fact, I think if they get out to a decent lead against the Cowboys, uh, with a far better for and against than teams around them, say the Roosters and the Eels, I think that every chance at resting early. Who are you looking at for skippers this week? And I mean. I suppose you've got to have one on Tommy Turbo, but you've also got to be pretty tempted to throw your second skipper option on a a team playing after the Seagulls, hey?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting tactic. Obviously, if you get a free crack at it, then yeah, why not VC Tommy and see what's happening after that? Um, Just when you mentioned with Turbo and DCE, if the Roosters lose to to, uh, Canberra, sorry, we know that the, the Penrith are basically going to make the Eels this weekend. They're playing their reserve grade side. Manly would have outright fourth already covered by the end yes. of the play. Yes. They, might, they might not even play at all. I think it would be madness to play them, but they might. Um, if they are chasing that top four, I feel like you, Turbo, of course, is a chance of an early shower. It just makes sense. And DC would nearly have to be second in line. Uh, and They can pull someone, some of the hard-working forwards like Jake off as well. Uh, honestly, it could be, I think they tend to play at least 60 minutes. Guys, they just, they're just coming up for the second half, that 20 minutes flies by, and then the coach goes, all right, let's get them off. We've got this one covered. Then anything could happen. But I'd still bank on them playing pretty solid minutes. In terms of your left field skippers and what you're chasing there, <clears throat> for me, if you can get or your own Nathan Cleary on Friday night against that Parramatta Outfit that's been named. Yeah, I think he has to be your VC. He could go ballistic. Uh, he dropped the ball about four or five times last weekend, much to my dismay. But he was hitting the line hard. He was a clearie of old. Uh, he, 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 of course, was well making an early shower. But if, if he plays seventy or eighty, he could be on absolutely I any mean, He could crack two hundred, and then you could probably lock that in, and that gives you every chance at that massive left field skipper. Especially if one of one of Turbo or one of those boys goes off early. Uh, and I've got a few other options in mind. I'll, I'll let you guys go first. But Cleary's got to be massive if you own him.
1: Yeah, and I, I probably should have started with that. But, I mean, if you've, if you've got Cleary in there, and I, I'm not sure what the, the updated numbers are, Adam will have them there, but it might be 20-odd percent of coaches overall, or, or the top-ranked coaches, should I say. But Turbo's probably got to be your VC. Uh, sorry, Turbo, Cleary. And then Turbo's probably your captain after that, if you need him. Um, I, I suppose outside of them too, Adam, who are you looking at as your skippers this week?
2: I'm just looking at Turbo, mate. I just look at Turbo every week. I think um, I, I don't have Cleary, so I don't have that luxury. So so 34% of the top 10,000 have got Cleary now. But so, so the top, top 1,000, it's 30%. So he's it's, it's gone up a fair bit. So I, I reckon if you've got Cleary, like the Spice said, that's pretty pretty standard play, right? Like you, you'd you VC Cleary. But then the question would be, like, how much does he need to score to be comfortable to, to keep him as captain? I think he needs to still score a lot. So the other the other option I reckon is if you could VC turbo, and then you know if you just say you got seventeen or sixteen players, if you could VC turbo and then only have to use someone else if he bombs out, that'd be ideal. Except the matchups after that game aren't aren't real flash. There's not much. Um, no, unless you had a Tigers player that you thought could score well against the Dogs, but but yeah, you know, and for feeder, I just don't think you can reliably captain feeder at the moment, particularly off the bench. No. So I think, I think you probably do have to go VC before Turbo. So I'll just stick him with Turbo. And, mate, last week, to give you an idea, even though this teams trying to make up ground and all that sort of stuff, at the end of the day last week, most people still captained um, Tommy. It was like 90, 90% of the top 10,000 captained him.
1: Mm. Rid- so yeah, outrageous. Talk,
2: most, most people still stick, stick solid. Which I think it's a smart plan.
1: Yeah, and and I mean, it's a good point you make because uh, I think it'd be for for non Nathan Cleary owners, which is obviously about seventy percent of us prior to trades this week. Um, it's a tough one, and ideally, you'd be going as we said, Tommy Turbo as your vice captain, if you've got a high upside player that's semi reliable in the following three games after the Seagulls play the Cowboys. You know, you hope that Tommy Turbo goes low. You know, DCE gets the early try assist Tommy goes off after 50 minutes for 70-odd points. Um, but there's so few options there. So, I mean, the options in my team, it's probably going to have to be Matty Burton as a VC. And, I mean, you'd probably want 150 from him to, to be even considering looping. Spy, who are the other options that you had in mind?
0: Uh, if you do own Ryan Pappenhausen, he plays Friday night. Obviously, he's a huge option. Teddy's a huge option Thursday night as well. But I think if you're in a head-to-head battle and you're sitting there come Sunday afternoon, Manly's yet to kick off, and you're thinking, I just need to do something dramatic here or I'm going to lose. Let's throw the kitchen sink at it. Reuben Garrick, your man on that left edge. Uh, the Dogs did quite a good job defensively last week, especially in their side defence. But Cowboys traditionally are a little bit weak on those edges. Garrick at any point of any day could score four or five tries and kick 10 goals. So he's your man. And you hope Turbo gets that early spell, but he'd be my, he'd be my Hail Mary 100% if you many him the saying Garrick.
2: Just just on Pappenhausen and Teddy, obviously the problem is you can't VC them because yeah. you've got Turbo. I mean, you can make that mistake, but then you can't captain Turbo. But um, So you have to be going straight out captain on one of those guys and they play the first two games of the week. I, I don't know if you'd be that – I mean, unless you are absolutely desperate and you know you're like four players short and head-to-head or something. But you have to be real
0: desperate, when not you? You're spotting, you're, spotted. Yeah. You, you're you foregoing Turbo to do that. Uh, so I'd much prefer just to maybe wait and see. Do a, do a VC on another position, and as I said, just just go Garrick if you're in desperate need. Come Saturday afternoon.
1: Turbo, think,
2: turbo had a quiet game against the Bulldogs, and he scored 160. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> we kept it quiet for for a good 40 or 50 minutes. Sub so yeah. dropped it over the line. Garrick got
0: held up. Uh, He had another one disallowed, and he was quiet. He could have have scored 260 in a quiet game.
1: (laughs) Just a a little side note uh, on that topic. The Spy actually did a really good article on on Jason Saab and Morgan Harper as super pods last week. So just to run through a couple of Saab's numbers that that he pointed out in the article. Without Tommy Chaboyevich this season, he scored one try in eight games. With him, he scored 21 tries in 15 games. So with that matchup against the Cowboys this weekend, I think, as you mentioned, really, really good trading target this week, Jason Saab at a pretty affordable price if you do have a trade to play with. So something, just one worth having a look at there and one that I'm certainly considering. Uh, although for Brian Toto, non-Brian Toto owners, he's obviously got to be pretty tempting in the CTW spot as well there. Boys, topic three, and it probably won't be a long topic this one, but... I did initially have down DCE versus Cleary because in terms of a trade-in option this week, Cleary obviously a little bit more expensive there. DCE with a dream match-up against the Cows, chance of an early rest. Cleary with a match-up against the Eels who knocked off the storm last weekend, uh, but adds now that DCE – sorry, now that the Eels have rested their whole side, uh, if you can get to Cleary, it's got to be Cleary, doesn't it?
2: Oh, for sure. Like you'd love to have Cleary in your side as, a, as an option. He could go enormous – Mm. Absolutely enormous. So yeah, I I would yeah, I think it's a pretty easy one, Cleary, if you if you got him. Again, unless you're in a head-to-head and you and you need to do something kind of wacky. Boys,
0: um not to bring up a sour note, I'm nearly over Sunday what happened, but after a lot of decision making last weekend, I nearly I basically flipped a coin. It was either Cherry Evans and Brian Toe, or just straight get Cleary and save a trade. I ended up going with Cleary, which I don't regret because it's it makes sense the play. I ended up losing my biggest head-to-head league by twenty-eight points, and DCE outscored Cleary by (laughs) thirty-one. Feed under me,
1: spy. Hopefully, Cleary gets two fifty for you this week, and he gets you into the top ten and jugs you a bit of cash there. So, yeah, yeah. Considering considering you knocked
2: the Kooma Stallions and my side out in the Mm. SC Playbook League in the last two weeks, respectively, um, not a lot of sympathy there, man. Yeah, the
1: the, the spy will be lucky to have an article on a spot in this podcast last season after the damage he's caused to all of us. No, that's Um, unlucky. That's unlucky. And uh, Cleary, so in the other big thing about the Cleary and DC, not so much the debate. We've a lot of people won't be able to afford Nathan Cleary. I know myself. I am seventy grand, no, seventy twenty grand short of getting Nathan Cleary into my team this week. Because Cody Walker's been rested, that's going to give a lot of people with a trade up their sleeve an opportunity to get in either DCE or Cleary. Uh, One thing I will touch on, because it's a personal situation for me, it's, as the spy mentioned, there's a chance that DCE and Turbo get rested, or DCE we're talking about here, should the Roosters get done by the Raiders um, this weekend on Thursday night. So we'll know early. So don't use that trade too early because if D.C. gets arrested and he's your final trade and you don't have seventeen plays, you would just be absolutely livid. Uh, so just be careful with that one. But D.C. is still a terrific trading option this week, provided Manly are playing for a top four spot. Otherwise, I'd be a little bit concerned. Boys, let's hook into a few top sport punting plays. Last week, last weekend was a big weekend for the bookies because the Eels upset the Storm. The Tigers and Dogs showed a little bit of fight in their games against some heavyweight opposition. So made stuffed all our players, stuffed multis across the nation. Uh, hopefully a bit better luck this week. Going into the final round of the season, the leaderboard. I'm up $65. Desi's down $11. The Spy is down nine fifty. I think it is. Um, so... If you want to follow our tips, all market and odds are taken exclusively from Top Sport. If you're joining up, use the code SC Playbook. 18 plus only. Gamble responsibly. Spy, just you and me this week throwing a few plays out. What have you got for us? Uh, you've got some ground to make up, unless you want to finish last out of the three of us.
0: Well, mate, I'm I'm certainly not one to to sit and finish second, so I'm not going to do nothing and just ensure I beat Desi. I'm going to come and have a crack at you. <laughs> so. I've sort of had a look into it. I don't have the odds yet on a Brian Taw double, but I'm thinking this is my my final crack at beating you. The Warriors Sunday afternoon they're about three dollars ninety. I don't mind their lineup against the Titans, so I'm going to take the Warriors outright to win into a Brian Taw double. Which what do you think that pays, boys? Maybe two fifty or something against power. If that might be too much, uh, into Penrith to cover the line, which is twenty seven and a half at the moment. By my calcs, I've got that about 15 to 18 to 1, so that will get me in front of Tim when you bugger it up.
1: Well, I'll just do the exact same play, in which case the spy can't catch me. <laughs>
0: well, I'll change it.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'll, uh, mine, mine's a little bit of a a little bit of a dull play, only because I was flat out with the team list after the the odds got updated. Um, didn't have time to have a good look into it, but I'm going to go that Panthers twenty seven and a half line versus the Eels, the Dragons. It's a two and a half line against the Rabbitohs, or it was the last time I checked. That'll pay about four bucks. Get me up to above a hundred dollars and just just secure my spot on top of the uh, table. Um, and then I'll do beauty. Yep, you're fine, mate. I was just going to say then that'll put me over the mark. Uh, I'll go
0: come straight over the top of your Sunday afternoon for the Warriors and into first position in my rightful rightful Yeah, he's a little stream, mate. Game on.
1: We'll go over that to next week's podcast. Uh, just another little one. Pray pray for the spy and pray for myself. But we both got on very early yesterday morning. On a few massive, the the bookies didn't update the odds based on the potential restings. So games like the Panthers and Eels, uh, the Bunnies and the Dragons was the big one, and and to a lesser degree the Sharks and the Storm, uh, the odds were weren't reflecting what the sides are now. So got some big multis riding on those ones. So we'll be celebrating like we've we've come second in SuperCoach if they get up.
0: Yeah, we need we need the Sharkies to come home because. Melbourne aren't as decimated as the other sides, but I will tell you what, there's some juicy numbers in there. I've got about four or five different multis on to see what happens.
1: In, in for context, the eels, uh, sorry, the dragons were paying six fifty yesterday morning. They're into pretty well even money. The line in the Panthers eels, the the line was about eleven and a half. It's now out to twenty seven and a half. So they just missed a beat. It didn't help us that Bellamy. Apparently, the Storm are resting three-quarters of their side. They've only rested half of it and are still favourites against the Sharks. So we need a few more restings there. But anyway, that's enough of boring you. Boys, quick one on our round 25 trades and skippers ads. I believe you're out trades-wise uh, and skippers we've spoken about. Spy, yeah. what are you thinking? Trades,
0: that's a interesting well. call to make trades-wise. <clears throat> I've kept one up the sleeve. It was actually in case Cody Walker rested because I wouldn't have a 5.8. But I've had a look through the 5.8s. I don't really fancy any of them that much. So I'm tempted just to take an AE, which is probably going to be Dunster. So he might get me
1: 20. Give but, you the free VC loop.
0: Yeah, free VC loop on Cleary and then get in Brian Tullo on the Friday night, cause, which I can't uh, – no, I can definitely do it. I can do it for Gagai or A.J. Uh, and just take whatever toto gets because I think he could go enormous this week. Obviously, a bit to consider, uh, but I really like that play this weekend. Uh, and then in terms of VC and, and Skipper, yeah, clearly into turbo
1: for sure. Mm, nice, mate. Um, my I've got one trade up the sleeve at this stage. Looking at probably Cody to DCE, uh, but the other one that's pretty enticing now after the team's named is obviously Brian Toto. So potentially Toto to come in for someone like Alex Alex Johnson or whoever there. Boys so spy,
2: no, no interest in Matt Burton, mate.
0: Mate, he's my backup. If if I don't go with Tyler, it'll be Burton straight for, for Cody Walker.
2: Correct. Yeah, I'd be I'd be blowing off Hayes to Forget that. I reckon Matt Burton against the Tigers with that lineup. Mm-hmm. They're not going to pull him off early because they might they might take off Cleary, but then it's all better for for, for um, Burton.
0: Plus I, I love Burton as well, potentially. Down. So yeah, something to look at there,
1: mate. Oh, it'd be absolutely music to my ears if, if Cleary was just a – Got a little, bit of, a little bit of cold feet, Ivan, with his son and, and the chance of re-injury. If they rested him, move Matty Burton to the halves for that game, be absolute magic, but uh, that's not going to happen, so don't worry about it. Boys, couple of questions to wrap it up. Spy, first one from you <coughs> for, for Adrianasaurus Rex, Big 8-0. Will the Spy play this week with 15 to give him a chance in the Turbos Hammy Cup Grand Final?
0: I'm actually just chatting to him now on, on Twitter, old Adro. So I had a look. I think he might only have 13 or 14 players. So thanks for that, mate. Uh, or if there wasn't some money on the line, I wasn't chasing top 100, I'd match you and, and see what we could come up with and have a good game. But sorry, buddy, not
1: this weekend. Good luck to you in the final of that one. Spy representing SC Playbook up top. Question from Sean Rutherford. Last question for the big dance. I need to replace Manu. My thoughts are Heinz if starting, Rapana, Gagai or Ramian? His CT dub that are different are Aitken and Best, minor DWZ and another. So what are your thoughts there, uh, ads If Out of Hines, Rapana, Gagai and Ramian. Gagai's obviously out, so it'd be Hines, Rapper and Ramian.
2: Oh, Hines for sure for me. Like I mm. think um, against that Cronulla side, he looks like he's going to play 80. He's at 5'8". And I think he's just looking good. Like the other night he scored 39 in not much time, I'd pines I'd, um, for sure.
1: Question from our good mate Cyril Jenkinson. Hey gurus, has this year given hard lessons on the importance of keeping trades until the end? Will you guys next year be planning to have your last two trades for the final round? Spy, what have you got?
0: Uh, it certainly is a hard lesson for for a lot of lot of people, Cyril lad. Um, I mean, we've tried to spruik it all year that you need to save those trades. Um, I think, I don't know if you need to get take two into the final week, but it's more about what, what Tim often talks about. It's just keeping that depth as much as possible. The way footy is these days, you probably can't afford to nuff out so many people. Uh, but obviously, it is handy to have one trade just coming into the final round just to give you a little bit of leverage there. Um, but, mate, it's it's a hard lesson for a lot of people, as Adam's numbers suggest.
1: Add putting you on the spot a little bit here, but uh, we'll, we'll be doing the recap uh, podcast next week. Just your quick thoughts, mate. Anything major sort of lessons that you've learned from this, this Supercoach season? Obviously, how much the games change and impacted the game overall. What what sort of change for you?
2: I think I think my problem was I didn't adapt quick enough to the kind of changing nature of the attacking stats. So, mm. so, so and so what I've I've been um, as I was telling you about before. I've, I've been doing a bit of analysis of just looking at the top teams how they've evolved over the year. So I'll I'll Publish that in the next couple of weeks or something. But it's quite interesting. And, I, and I, when I look at my own plays, I think so, like a guy like Alex Johnston, I think the teams that have done well jumped onto blokes like that quick and they didn't mm-hmm. miss out. And so I I didn't. And then after I missed out on two weeks, I was then too stubborn and I didn't bring him in. And he just cost me 100 points every week and there was my season. A bit like you were tossed up with Garrick and you almost didn't bring in Garrick, but then you did. And you're lucky you did because he got 200. So I think I think one thing is the big plays this year have been – um, having the right halves at the right time of the year and having the right CTWs, whereas in the past it always used to be about second rowers, and it just hasn't been the case. Like, how long since we've ever had a team win, like Tim's going to win with the second rowers of Tupanoa and Kickow. Like,
1: Yeah, seriously. They're almost mm.
2: super coaching relevant for some players, and yet he's going to win because he's just got amazing halves and centres. And if prop's almost been irrelevant. Hooker's almost been irrelevant. So I, we all talked about fullback being so key. But as it turned out, it was centre and the halves. And I don't think I made that adjustment quick enough. So unless they change the scoring system, which is another whole debate again, then that's the big change for me.
1: Mm, yeah, it's, it's a good shout. And on on the same topic of that, it's, I suppose, I mean, you antipotted Alex Johnston, which based on every other year, it was a fine player. We knew he could go low. He was mass-owned. Everyone jumped onto him, which it could work out. I had antipodded Ruben Garrick for a few weeks there. It cost me big time. Eventually, I got onto him and got a bit, a little bit out of him, but everyone had him, so it didn't matter. It just – you can't really afford to antipod play or you can't really afford to antipod those outside bats with the huge ceilings, can you? It's just you get left behind.
2: No, absolutely. And so when you do, you – um you cost yourself both the price but also the the points but then their price goes up so much that it ends up hurting you in some other part of your team. So, yeah, like I said, I'll I'll publish these stats probably next week or something just showing how the top top 1,000 teams have evolved week to week but it just shows how quickly some players became key and I think if you then go and look at your own side and say, okay, did I get in early on the right guys or did I get in late or miss out that's probably what's decided where you you finish in your season. As opposed to everyone says, "Oh, who are the critical players to start with? I don't think your starting side matters that much. I think most people almost probably can't even remember their starting side. And certainly the guys that have won, they haven't won because they nailed their starting side. They've, They've nailed because they made the right trades during the year.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's been a nuts year. And as I said, the game has changed so significantly this year. So uh, interesting to see different approaches for next season. We'll, as we said, we'll chat about what we learned in more detail next week in the final podcast of the year. Question spy from Paul Kelly. Thanks for the awesome pod, fellas. I assume that's Australian music legend Paul Kelly, who loves the SC Playbook podcast. It's been the highlight of my Wednesday all season. Saved one trade. Likely getting rid of Dewey and can have any 5'8 or hooker I want. Currently have Cody, Braley, and Watson. What are your thoughts there, Spy?
0: I think it's probably out of my boy Harry Grant to bounce back or, as Adam suggested earlier, maybe Matty Burton. Uh, I don't have the list in front of me of, of who the options are there, but, I mean, those two spring to mind. Uh, any of you boys got any any other ideas off the top of your head?
2: What do you reckon, Ads? Uh, he didn't say the cheese, did he? I don't know if he's got the cheese. No, nah, no cheese. I don't know. I just love the way the guy plays footy. He's only got a five round average of sixty. So whereas Harry Grant's seventy, I'd probably. I mean, I'm just looking at the highest averaging five eights and hookers. And Would you consider drawing blue eye. They're all injured around. out. So the highest, the, the guy with the highest five round average that's still left is Matt Burton, mm. then Harry Grant, and then Brandon Smith. Everyone else is injured in the top thirteen or fourteen.
1: Would you consider? <laughs> Controversial. Would you consider Jerome Luai over Matt Burton?
2: I would, boys. You know why?
0: It's because he started to run last weekend. I was really frustrated watching him just from a footy sense because he kept just tipping on, tipping on. There was big space back off his left foot, which he loves. He was running so often early in the season. I think Ivan might have had a little word with him at half time because he came out in the second half and started taking the line on again. He scored a good try on that right edge. He went off his left another time. So it might be absolute just magic for Penrith fans and Lou owners that he might have just found that running spark again heading into, into the finals.
2: Yeah, he, did, he did look good, but, yeah. He I was still was, a brave yeah, yeah. guy. Like, we're looking at his scores. He's had, I think in the last 10 or 12 weeks, he's had two scores over over 40.
1: Yeah, it's grim reading. <laughs> he's
2: been a disaster.
1: Yeah. Um, boys, question from Andy Mack. A bit of tongue-in-cheek. Should I trade out Harry Grant, Teddy, S. Yes, Walker, Tupu, and Bradman Best, bring in Jordan Rapana, and win all my head-to-heads? Supercoach, hey. What I took from that was a bloke we haven't actually spoken about on the podcast yet, but spy Jordy Rapana in a fairly underwhelming Raiders side this year. Um, he's been back to his best, Supercoach-wise, hasn't he? He's really under the radar, averaging about 65 this season.
0: That is flying. He's uh, He's got that t- tackle-busting ab- ability back. Uh, anyone who's listened to the podcast since episode one last year, our debut, knows how much I love Geordie. I'd die for the man. Uh, so good to see him flying again. And, yeah, why not drop your whole side for him? That'll definitely win you the, win you the season, hands down, brother. And he's just re-signed for the Raiders, so you guys will be happy. Yep, you ripper. <laughs> uh,
1: um, is he your is bloke you'd consider this week's Spy? Oh, seriously? Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, so got the Roosters. He's back on a wing, though. Um, I don't mind it, but there's got to be better options just because they're playing the Roosters who have got a few back. They'll be pretty hungry to take to go into finals strongly, so I wouldn't take him on a serious note, but I'm certainly not against it because he'll do a lot of work. Raiders are desperate. He'll, bunch of, he'll break a bunch of tackles. Um, he's an option. I, I'll put it that He's an option, but he wouldn't be my first choice.
1: Boys, one for both of you to wrap it up for this week's episode. F- question from Jace, I'm Not sure if you guys are doing a potty next week. Definitely will be doing a potty next week. However, he says he's got to ask, who are your top three must-haves for next season? Now, I'm not sure if you two had a chance to look into this or have a think about it. I've got a few there. Spy, did you come up with anything for this?
0: I didn't get to have a look, mate, but off the top of my head, <laughs> Turbo, Cleary, Harry Grant and then just pick a, a bunch of <laughs> solid dudes around them. and go with, for your,
1: with your remaining
0: 85 grand. Yeah, there won't be many in there. But on a serious note, that's as Adam suggested before, that's what's going to work if the rules stay the same. You just get your high averaging guys in each position with massive ceilings and then just pick, pitch, pick a bunch of plotters around them and, and let them go to work.
1: Mm-hmm. Basically stack the back line and, as you said, plotters in the pack. Uh, I draw it out for you, mate. Anyone there?
2: Pretty similar, I reckon. I think uh, – I mean, if you look at season averages for the whole comp, right, you got Turbo 137, Cleary 110, and then the next best is Garrick and and, and Teddy on and 86, and then for Feeder 85, 84, 82, 82. You know, so, so there's two guys that just stand out as being so much better than everyone else in the whole comp. That's Turbo and Cleary. So I look at that and think if you don't have them and they do anything like that again next year, you can't win. Like You need them from – from round one. So I would have those two. I'd, I'd be the same as a spy. And then for my third, I don't know, I mean, a lot of that happened between now and then, but someone like Cody at 5'8". I had him from the start this year and I was always surprised that he was a bit of a POD early on and he was he was just a gun all year. You know, he was. I thought he was the best 5'8 through the year, so mm. probably someone like Cody actually.
0: And the other one, the other one, boys, is Ron Pappenhausen. He's going to be so cheap after coming off the bench a lot. Um there's gonna be people. I think he might be suspended now, though to start the season. But Latrell likely to be goal kicking next year for South would be a huge option at fullback. But and a lot of people aren't gonna to want to take Tommy, so it's a bit of a shame he's going to miss round one at this stage. I believe because a lot of people may have dropped on Latrell, which could have given a little bit of pod value to Turbo. But yeah, Papenhausen is going to be a huge option uh, because I think be pretty cheap.
1: Adds a test of your actuary, I can't even pronounce that, mate, actuary, actuarial, effort, yeah. actuarial knowledge. Mate, yeah. Tommy Turbo, 137-point average. What will his starting price be next season? You know what? I've
2: never actually paid attention to how they do all of those, how, <laughs> they, how they change the prices from year to year, but I'm assuming it'll be something similar. Right? Like He's he's averaging 137, so his prices. it's not like he's going down. Like he's his recent average is about the same. I'm assuming it'll be – Similar, which is Man, outrageous, isn't it? 1.2 million.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a bit like
2: Manly, mate. At the start of the year, everyone said when he didn't play the first three games, everyone said, Oh, Manly stuffed up. They spent all their salary cap on the Traboviches and now they can't win. Look at how useless they are. And then he came back and everyone's like, Oh, Manly are geniuses because I've got yeah. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> I think it's the same as Supercoach. Like,
1: it doesn't matter who you got around him. you just got to have him in your side. Yeah. It. Um,
2: the
1: ones that I came up with, it was probably more, I had a just a quick scroll through through the player list and saw what I could come up. More of a mid range approach and a couple of cheapies, but the ones that I came up with, provided he gets through a full off season uh, and looks good in the trials, Tamalolo Tamalolo is going to be play, priced on a fifty six point average. Xavier Coates, a forty one point average, down in Josh Adakar's spot at the Storm, I think will be a steal. Blake Tafe, if he gets a starting spot at the Bunnies, he'll be dirt cheap. Stefano Udekumano, if he gets a big minute roll next season at the Tigers, which looks likely, he's priced on a 52-point average. Maybe not as much in, but he could be pretty handy. Braden Trindle, I don't, I'm don't, i not sure what the Sharks are going to do with their halves and fullback next season, but 47 points per game average. I think he's got upside in him, provided he kicks goals again. Xavier Savage, dirt cheap at the Raiders, if he gets the fullback roll. Uh, and Joseph Suali, also 37 point per game average if he slots into a full-strength Roosters outfit. Uh, there are a lot of, a lot of guys who uh, I'll be looking at next season, but very much early days for the time being. Spy, anything to add there?
0: Yeah, just a quick note on Jason Tamalolo. How big is he looking? Heavy. He's lost, he's lost that agility again in the last few weeks. He barely busts tackles. His explosiveness is gone, so... I really, really hope that they can sort him out over the off-season. I'm sure they can. He obviously just needs to maybe strip a few kilos, get a bit fitter. Uh, he's missed a bunch of footy this year, but he's not—he's a shell of himself at the moment, which is a little bit difficult to watch because we know how good he can be. Um, it's been, been so a rough year hasn't this weekend because so he'll play 60 minutes and hopefully punch it out 60. But, yeah, I really noticed
2: that on the weekend. Just hasn't been the same player. Hey, Tim, just as you were saying those names, I was actually thinking myself, Kamanu. I was just looking at some names here. Thing. He must be the most improved, like, super coach player in the comp because obviously mm. Timmy in the lead's got him. But he's gone from being a cash cow that some of us had and then moved on a certain time to right now, I reckon his points per minutes must be enormous. He's He can score a try and bust the line up. Like, he's such a good
1: player. For sure. And it's one of the most fascinating things to look at at the end of every season. And again, we'll touch on next season, but it's those cheapies that make their 100 to 150k that everyone sells and you hold because you've got other issues to deal with and they go on to be keepers by the end of season and you just manage to hold on to them. And guys like Stefano this year, I know last year for me, it was Jerome Luai and Kurt Mann who everyone else sold. I held on to them more by... Dumb luck than anything. Um, and we'll get through a few more from this season. Jason Saab was one this year, who the masses sold, and he came back to be a pretty handy little weapon to have in teams. But you're right, mate. Uta Kamanu, he, he's been awesome the last month or so for those who held, averaging about 65, 70 points there. Well, he's got a five-round average of 66 points per game. So
0: there you go. He's so quick, that guy. He, um, he backed up from a support run on the weekend, and he caught it about 30 out and streamed straight under the sticks for a front rower. Unbelievable. Mm.
1: Anyways, boys, uh, a little bit shorter than most weeks, a little bit less to talk about at the moment by this stage of the year with no trades in hand, no sit-start decisions, of course. Uh, but, Spy, thank you very much, and good luck on your charge to the top 100.
0: Cheers, boys. Here. Hopefully it'll go go well the weekend, but um, looking forward to it. And then finals for the week after, I tell you what, what a time of
1: year. Adam, cheers for coming on, mate, and good luck in the final round. Yeah, no worries, boys.
2: Thank you, and good luck with Spy on the Top 100, mate. You'll, um, you should be good with those numbers, I reckon.
1: <laughs> Righto, guys. Thanks for tuning in.